the desire to explore, to venture out, to leave behind the ordinary and find something new. New places, new paths, new challenges. We look for adventure and for a tomorrow that asks more of us than today did. We want to hear the wind in the trees. We want to look out across the expanses. We want to take in the beauty around us and find the thrill the average person never does. So we set out to find a better way in our relationships, in our pursuits, and in our faith. Life Trails, take the next step. on vacation this week, and so I have an opportunity to share from the Word of God, and we're beginning a new series. And, um, you know, in Matthew uh, 16, 24, Jesus told his followers this. He said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And as I think Pastor Brent shared in his email as he was introducing this series this past week, that is, that is not an idea that uh, the disciples got excited about. Um, more than likely, it left them a little confused, and I would say fearful, um, as they tried to really figure out uh, exactly what was Jesus talking about. You know, the cross was a method of putting someone to death. Um, it, was a, it, was, it was a method that the Romans used, and it was a gruesome method. And so you can imagine in their mind, as he's, he says this to him before his death, wait a minute, <laughs> what's going on here? What, what are you talking about in regards to taking up uh, our cross? And so today, you know, we, we, we look back at the cross, and, and so uh, we, we say things like, well, I guess the, that, that the, that's the cross I have to bear. Maybe you've said that before. And what we mean is that there are times in our walk with Jesus Christ that sometimes, well, as, well we just got to bear that. We just got to kind of go through that, whether it's a, a temporary thing or even an ongoing thing. Um, but here's the thing we want to challenge you with as we we begin this series, is that maybe that's not what Jesus was talking about. And so this, this four next, for the four next Sundays, leading up and including Easter, we're going to explore this command while, while, while taking a look at the cross. We're going to talk about what it really means to take up our cross and follow Jesus. And so today, well, we're going to begin... Uh, by looking at what it means to take up our cross, uh, by walking in humility. Because this is a major part, a major part of what it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, to take up our, our cross and, and, and follow him. And to do this, I like to look at the, the book, uh, I wanna, like to look at the book of Philippians. And so I invite you to open up your copy of the Word of God to Philippians chapter 2. Now, Paul, here, just to give you a little background, Paul here is, um, he's primarily writing a letter, uh, a letter to this church in Philippi to thank them for a gift that he had, they had sent him when he was under 
house arrest. And he was under house arrest because of proclaiming Jesus Christ. And he's being on his way to, most likely he's on his, going to see Caesar, and he's in Rome. However, though, as, as he writes this letter to them, he wanted to also encourage him to stand strong in the Lord and have joy even in the midst of challenging circumstances they were facing. And so in chapter 1, he encourages them to live a life worthy of this gospel, of, of, of being saved from our sin and given eternal life. And he says, live a life worthy of that and, 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 and be, let that gospel change you, not just for eternity, but for every day, every part of life. And then in chapter 2, he calls them to live out Christ's attitude of humility. And so let's begin. Uh, in chapter 2, we're going to start with verse 1 and, and, and work our way through verse 4 for now. He says, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Well, Paul here, he begins, he begins by explaining ultimately how we, we can experience joy in relationships that in this relationship we have that we call the church. He wants us to understand that, you know, that us as believers, as we live a life of humility towards each other, we will see God do greater things in our midst. And so he says, but in humility, consider others better than, our, than yourselves. Our attitudes towards each other are so important. A church, here's the thing, a church that's experiencing God's love, where there's uh, unity, you know, and a uh, purpose, and, and, and you see the spirit of God at work in their midst. Well, it's a church where the people do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Or two, secondly, consider others better than, than yourself. Or third, look not only to the, your own interest, but to the interest of others. So Paul here he defines humility. He defines what it is to live the cross walk as we're defining it, or as we're, I should say, as we're uh, uh, titling it today, the cross walk of humility. Now, Paul, he doesn't stop there. And then he, uh, he uses what Christ did in dying on the cross as this ultimate example of walking in humility. So let's read on. He says in verse 5, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross. Therefore then, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, 
that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So right away, right away, in verse 5, Paul gets to the heart of what it is to walk in humility. He says your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. See, taking up, taking up our cross um, is to live, live life with a Christ-like humility. We must think of ourselves, how we look at ourselves, think of ourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. And so the question comes, what is it about a Christ-like attitude of humility that we need to live out in our lives? Well, I see three things here, and I like to work through this section, verses 5 through 11, and that, things that, three things that come out and how we can live out Christ-like humility in, in our life. And the first is this, you know, walking in Christ-like humility is to know and live like status is not important. Look again at verse 6. He says, Who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Now, I don't know if you read different translations. I would encourage you to do that. It allows you to get a fuller understanding of God's word. That's one of the tools of, of Bible studies to pick up some different translations, and you can do that with the, that. But there are out there some things that are called paraphrases, and I like to read a paraphrase. It's by Eugene Peterson, and it's from the message. And he paraphrases these verses in this way, and this is what he says. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave. He became human. For Jesus, here's the thing, for Jesus, status was not important. Yet, here's the other part of it. Jesus had status just because of who he was. Look, look at who he is. We, we, see, we see again some more truths that come out of verse 6 that clearly show that Jesus Christ is God. He's, Jesus here, he's described, Jesus Christ is described as being, the being of God. The word being here means existence. It, it's that very essence of a person. Uh, what a person is, that part of a person that cannot change. And what Paul is declaring is that Jesus is the very being of God. John 1.1 1, 1 speaks of this when he describes Jesus as the Word. He speaks of the Word and he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so we see this aspect of Jesus Christ as the, as the, the very being of God. But he, then he goes on and he says, Jesus Christ is the very nature. Other translations say the form of God. And the word nature here means permanent. It's the constant nature of a person. It's the, it's the very essence of a, 
of a person, that part of them that never changes. And what this means is that Jesus is the very essence and nature and image of God. He is divine. He is unchangeable God himself. He possesses the very attributes of God himself. And then he also says that Jesus Christ is equal. Equal with God. That word equality means means to be on equal bases with God, to possess all the qualities and the attributes of God himself. He has always been on equal bases with God. And so if you have someone that comes up to your door and knocks on it and says, hey, you know, he was just a good guy. He said, no, 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 let me take you to Philippians chapter 2. <laughs> let me explain to you who Jesus was. He was Jesus Christ is God. He is God. And so we see, we see Jesus' status. He was God. But Jesus, here's the thing. He chose to, he chose to leave that status behind. Look at what he became. And that being God and human flesh. There are, there, there, again, there's, there's three more truths that kind of come out of this. As, as Paul writes and gives an understanding of, of, of what Christ did in, in, in walking in humility, Christ made himself nothing. You know, some translations, they use the word emptied himself. But in everyday language, this means that, that the eternal, get this, the eternal son of God, he became like you and me, an everyday person. A nobody. He also, though, it says he took on the very nature of a servant. And what this means, they became, he, when he became human, he entered at the lowest level. He didn't come in as a king or, or all-powerful or one who would rule. All right, he came in as a humble slave. He didn't just appear, though, as a servant. He took on himself all that a servant is and does. And even himself, he says, I came not to be served, but to what? Serve. He also appeared in human likeness, it says here. He became a man fully and true, truly without ceasing to be God. The word likeness means that, that to all outward appearance, he was merely a man. He was God in human flesh. He didn't look at any, he looked any different from anyone else, he was a man. But the rest of his identity was hidden from view. I, I, have, you, have you watched the, the Chosen series? Man, if you haven't watched the Chosen series, it, it's a, you can get the Chosen app. And what I love about the Chosen series, that it, it's a portrayal of the life of Christ. But it, it portrays his humanity with his divinity, but that he was a person who, who had emotions. He's a person who got tired. He's a person who sweated. He, he would get weary at a after a long day. And, and hey, hey, this is a great time to binge, all right, this week. All right, it's going to be cold. Go ahead. Binge on the chosen. I would encourage you to do that. In fact, I want to show you just a little clip of that. It's of the scene of the leopard to give you a taste. If you haven't seen it, you need to, to watch it. And it helps you understand some of the humanity of Jesus. It's a leopard. 
Stay back. Cover your mouth. Don't breathe his air. Don't come any closer. It's okay, John. It's okay. Rabbi, 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 Rabbi you cannot. It's disease. You can't. Please don't turn away from me. I won't. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Only if you want to, I submit to you. My sister, she was a servant at the wedding. She told me what you could do. I know you can heal me if you are willing. Seek your own honor. Please just do me this one thing. Uh, but what do I tell people? Go. Show yourself to the priest. Let them inspect you and see that you are cleansed. Make the proper offering in the temple as Moses commanded. And go on your way. Uh, uh. Who has an extra tunic? Just one of you, just one of you. That's enough. Green is definitely your color. <laughs> Not too shabby. You see that? The taste of humanity? That's our savior. He is fully God, yet fully man. He is much as God, as God is God. And he is much as man, as man is a man. In order for Jesus to be able to come and, and, and be obedient to the work of God the Father for him, you know, and, and bearing the sins Bearing our sins, he, he set aside who he was. He set aside who he was to become the God-man 
who didn't live for status of who he was, but for God's glory and ultimately God's will. Today, in our world, um, so much of life is driven by one status, isn't it? It doesn't matter who you are, believer or non-believer. It's always there. It's always a constant present, a presence in our life. And it's, it's always something that we, we have to deal with in our walk with Jesus Christ. We have this performance-based acceptance in our world where people show love to you only when you meet their expectations and, or, or when you succeed. And I'm not saying you need to pursue life. I'm, I'm thankful uh, that I've been able to pursue life, but it's how you pursue that life that God has given you. And the, the result is that in our culture, when we, we have this status kind of driven mentality, performance driven mentality, the result is that it builds up pride in our hearts. Look at what I did, look what I accomplished. And see, we, you know, we can have this kind of mindset through all, all aspects of our world. It doesn't matter if you're poor or rich or a soccer mom or a Girl Scout mom. It doesn't matter if you're a retiree or uh, who shakes hands at Walmart or, or one who sips iced teas by the poolside. It doesn't matter, all right? We all struggle uh, with this wanting to pursue status in our world. And, 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 and Paul's saying here, step back, step back from that. You know, we compare ourselves, don't we? And so if having a certain status in life is what drives you, that's what drives you, here's the reality you've got to come to grips with. And that is that you will, you will struggle in this area of being fruitful and living life in Christ. You'll, you'll constantly run up against walls and roadblocks in, in your walk with him because that is what's driving you. Uh, uh, that's what's your, what's, what you're pursuing. Uh, you know, Christ lived in humility. And his focus was God's will be done, all right, and not the status of who he is, even though he had every right to do that. And so walking in Christ-like humility is to know and live, live like status is not important. But there's a second thing here that I want you to see, and that is this. Obedience is everything. Look again at verse 8. He says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and what? Became obedient to death, death, even death on a cross. Because he chose, here's the thing, because he chose to be, to be fully human, Jesus was treated with no status. And, and boy, that was a gr that's a great insult for, for the one who is God, all right? Yet he chose not to flaunt that. He chose not to demand that. He stayed human, all right? Not demanding the privileges of what he deserved. But he also, here's the thing, he also was obedient in that. Obedient no matter the cost. Here's, here's the thing. Many people in life, they are willing to serve others, but if there's something, they get out of it. 
all right? Or uh, if there's not very much cost. But, uh, but if there's a price to pay, sometimes, all right, there's sacrifice to give, suddenly they can lose interest in that way. And Jesus, he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Incredible obedience. Incredible obedience. So walking, walking in humility and relationship with God says, I'm in no matter the cost. I'm in. One of, you know, here's the thing. One of the greatest paradoxes of the Christian life is that the more we give, the more we receive back from God. The more we sacrifice, the more we see God's hand on our life. And so this, this cross-walking with Christ-like humility is what leads ultimately to the greatest treasures in life. And that is joy, peace, and contentment. It's what takes us deeper with God and makes us more like Christ. See, Jesus paid. He paid, this, paid the ultimate price for all of mankind. He willingly humbled himself so that we could know God and his greatness in our life. And when I, here's the thing, when I willingly humble myself, I choose to humble myself, recognizing my sinfulness before God. This is first and foremost. When I do this, that, 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 you know, that I recognize that there's no way I can pay this debt of sin that's in my life, but then I place faith in Jesus Christ as the one who can forgive me. When I humble myself and recognize, I need you, Jesus. He's the one who can cleanse me, forgive me, all right, and give me uh, eternal life. Th- that's the greatest blessing, isn't it? That's the great eternal life. And then out of that, out of that, that it's not just that I, I, I look to be saved from that, that eternal death. But also then my life becomes this one earthly life because of living, living in Christ now. It becomes about God's glory. I want God to be glorified in this thing. And, you know, Jesus' name being lifted up. And God's gospel, that song that we sang here this morning, God's gospel being proclaimed. It's coming to that place and commitment uh, that declares, I want Jesus more than anything else in the world. I want more Jesus. I want Jesus in my marriage. I want Jesus in my church relationships. I want Jesus in my job situation. I want Jesus well, as I relate to my neighbors. I want Jesus being lifted up. That's what I want. See, that's what it is to walk with humility. And so walking in Christ like humility is to know and live like, like status is not important. Obedience is everything. But then lastly here, rewards are about eternity. We don't talk about rewards much. <laughs> but there's definitely something we got to consider and, and, and look at. It's even here, Paul speaks of the rewards of Christ. Look at, he says in verse 9, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, 
gave him the name that is above every name, that, the, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so you see here, for Jesus, this becomes really the final stage of his call as the Son of God in coming to earth to lay down his life to pay the debt of our sin. He has now returned to heaven, all right, in triumph, and God has highly exalted him, and the fullness of that is yet to come. He is going to come again. <laughs> We've got to remember that. What this means, though, is that God gave him back all that he emptied himself of when he left heaven to come to earth. It also means that he gained something he didn't have before, that being his humanity. He left heaven as the Son of God and returned uh, as the Son of God and the Son of Man. In verse 9, it says that God gave him the name that is above every name. God has ordained that he will be universally recognized as the Lord of heaven and earth. You know, many people back then did not recognize him. They did not recognize who he was when he walked on this earth. People still today obviously do not recognize him. They do not recognize who he is. But here's the thing. The day is coming, right? The day is coming when that will change for all of eternity. And when that day finally arrives, here's the thing. Every, as it says right here, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. All creation will physically bow before the Son of God and acknowledge that he is Lord. It will include, what's it say? All creatures in heaven and earth and under earth. This includes angels. This includes saints in heaven. All, right, all those living under the earth, the dead, those who are in hell, and the demons, and Satan himself who is under the earth. No one's going to be left out. <laughs> There's a day that's coming. And all, 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 will, all will be included in this universal declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord. But here's the thing. That does not mean all will be saved from hell. The choice has got to be made now. And here's the choice. Each one of us has you can humbly confess him now with joy as, as your Lord and Savior and then walk with him in life. Or you will someday humbly confess him as Lord in shame and in terror and in condemnation. And you'll be separated from him for all eternity. Now, what does this mean, though, for us who have placed faith in Jesus Christ? Well, one day, we will be part of that. We will bow on that day. But here's the thing. We're going to get back up. <laughs> We're going to get back up and serve him in this new heaven and new earth the joy that we can begin to experience now is just a taste of what will come to full in every way. And we will live in the presence 
of his glory and his goodness and his greatness. And this will be more than we can ever imagine. How do we know this? Well, even, even Peter talks about this when he says in 1 Peter 5, 6, he says, Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand. And what? He, that he may lift you up in due time. And here's what I want to close with. Just to challenge you. And the worship team's going to come and they're going to close this out in, in a final song. But as they come, I want to, I want to encourage you, have you to, to consider to think in your heart, to reflect, have you committed to the crosswalk of Christ-like humility? You know, this is a, this is a daily commitment. Where daily I got to get up and say, God, I want your will, I want your ways in my job, in my family, in my school, wherever I'm, I'm in. I want your will to be done. I want your love to be proclaimed. I want to walk in humility and being reminded, hey, of the great gift of salvation that you have given me. Lord, I want to walk. It's a daily commitment. It's also a weekly commitment as we relate to each other in our community of faith here as a church, but also in the world that we live in. And so weekly, I got I to gotta be, as I step into relationships, and whether it's through our small group ministry or life class ministry or even here on Sunday during our time of interaction that we, that we have together in fellowship is a weekly commitment, but then it's a, it's a lifelong commitment. It's this lifelong commitment. This is how I want to live my life. This is what I want to define me as one who walked in Christ-like humility. And I, want to, I want to just testify to that fact. Here's the thing. There's no better place to live. <laughs> there's, no, there's no... Every night you lay your head on the on the on your pillow, and you can be at peace, peace with the God of the universe, the creator of the world, peace with Jesus Christ, peace in your heart, and it comes in that way. And so you got to ask yourself, is, is life about pursuing status, you know, what you believe is rightfully yours, or about God being lifted up? Is it about God being lifted up? Is your life about, you know, God, no matter what, I'm in. Is it about obedience to your Savior and your Lord, regardless of the cost? Are you looking out for what you can get today, or are you laying up treasures in heaven? Would you pray with me? Dear God, I thank you for a truth that changes and transforms. And Lord, even in the midst of this, the gospel of this of this message, the sermon, that we open up your word, out comes the gospel. And I would pray for anyone here that's in person or online that may be watching this. Lord, maybe they've never come to that place where they humbled themselves under the mighty hand of God and admitted that they are a sinner who needs to be forgiven. And they believe that you died on that cross so they might have that forgiveness and they've confessed that they would confess with their mouth Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray if, if there's someone that has not done that here in this place today or someone online, I pray that they would do it. They would simply bow their head and express in a prayer a desire of their heart to commit their way to you and pour out their life to you and see, Lord, your spirit come in and begin to guide them and direct them and lead them in this way because ultimately we cannot do this walk 
crosswalk of humility unless we're doing it in the power of the Spirit, being transformed by you, O oh, oh Lord. Help us to walk in it, I pray. I ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.